Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about faith. And I know we've talked about faith before, but uh, we're going to talk about a few new ideas today. We're going to try to keep it simple, and I really believe this is going to bless you. I'm calling this one Easily Understanding Faith That Works. Now, last week, we briefly briefly discussed how to begin hearing from God, and I think it's a great teaching because we, we cover a list of God's communication methods, how to tune in to God's frequency, and three safety practices to help you confirm that you've really heard from God. And if you didn't listen to that teaching, please do so, because if you aren't hearing from God regularly, that teaching will help you start, and your life will never be the same. Now, I remember when I first started learning about God and his ways in my early 20s, I realized that many people think all sorts of different things about God. And this is true even among Christians, where you can find a wide variety of beliefs, even in the same church. It's really hard to believe, but that is the truth. And ironically, this first dawned on me when speaking with my grandfather, Now, Granddaddy was a Christian, but he wasn't going to let the Bible get in the way of what he believed. And one day I read a Bible verse to him about the power of thankfulness. So I read this and then he said, well, you know, I just don't believe that. Well, I was thinking, what do you mean you don't believe it? I just read it to you, but I kept my mouth shut and I'll never forget that conversation. I realized that, you know, Granddaddy hadn't necessarily internalized this idea, but we must let God's word dictate what we believe. And we need to be willing to change our beliefs if they don't line up with God's word. So as I kept learning about God and his ways, I I started to get a little frustrated. I mean, I remember thinking how complicated some of these subjects are. And, you know, thinking, how can anyone, you know, master these subjects or walk in victory in every area of their lives? And even if you followed my podcast, I mean, you've seen You know, we can get some of these subjects about faith, about healing, even about money, and really make them complicated. Now, my last uh, teaching about money, which I also recommend you listen to, I, again, tried to make it easy. I'm trying to make some of these subjects, you know, very easy, very understandable. Last week, hearing from God, I think the one before that was about money. You know, really just trying to break it down. What does the Bible say in the simplest possible terms? How can we understand what God wants for us? But, you know, and in truth, I've found after, you know, 18 years of, you know, Christian living and rather serious Bible study that, in fact, you know, a lot of these subjects in his will for our lives is not difficult to understand. You know, much of the truth about God and his will can actually be summarized in just a few statements. I do admit, however, that it can take a long time to know how to craft those short, simple statements and how to craft simple teachings to easily explain very important truths. But I really hope I can do that for you and anyone who happens to listen to my teachings. You know, I want to explain all this stuff clearly and quickly in a way that can be understood. And hopefully I did that last week with hearing from God. And today I'm going to try to do this about faith and really living by faith. And, you know, I'm going to give you a bunch of Bible references in today's uh, today's teaching, but I'm going to skip the long quotes and the passages. And let me just say, while you may understand everything I say, 
You know, nothing replaces personal Bible study, and you're going to want to spend some time going through these Bible passages in, uh, themselves. And before I really launch into this faith, I just want to mention this idea of firing off around. Now, after we go through the basics of faith, I'm going to discuss that concept. It's not something that I think I've ever really talked about before, and it's it's great. And even if you think you know all about faith, first of all, that's awesome. Praise God. Call me up. Teach me about it. But, you know, please make sure you hear this section at the end about firing off around because I think I think that's really helpful and it's really been blessing me. But to move into the discussion of faith, you know, I define faith as perfect belief. And I realize that many people use different definitions for faith, but I think the idea of perfect belief both includes the meaning of the Greek word, which, you know, the Bible authors, you know, when they translated it into English, or the translators, I should say, it includes that the original ideas that are in that Greek word for faith, which we translate from the Greek to the English. The word is actually pistis. But I also think this idea or this concept, perfect faith, is understandable in English. You see, when you have faith... In the sense that Jesus meant you believe something. You believe God exists in heaven. You believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You believe that Jesus was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. But you don't just believe these truths like you believe, you know, the game starts at 6 p.m. You believe these without the slightest doubt. That's that idea of perfect faith. You believe them to the point that you would die for them. Right, So we get the ideas of being completely convinced, being fully persuaded, doubtless, perfect faith. You know, And you even believe these truths without any physical evidence of their reality or even in the presence of contrary physical evidence. This is perfect faith. In fact, my faith is based on God's word alone. I have perfect, doubtless belief in God's word. That's really where we want to get to. And I would also briefly mention this statement that faith is belief in your heart. Now, I thought that was a great statement to put it that simply. And I got that from my friend Misty Umholtz and her awesome podcast, which is called Grow in Knowledge. And I highly recommend you check that out. She does a great job of quickly explaining, you know, uh, some very complicated subjects as well. But it, see, it's important to understand that faith is just not about what you think in your mind. It's perfect, doubtless belief in your heart. I don't just have faith because it makes sense to my brain. You know, I've figured it out and I understand it all. And, oh, it all makes perfect sense when I look at the world around me. No, that's knowledge. That's sense knowledge. That's what, you know, the natural realm can give you. No, I have faith in God's word because I have chosen to do so with my heart, I have decided that I believe God's word beyond the shadow of any doubt. And that is my choice. That's the guiding light of my life. So faith is perfect belief without any doubt. Now look at Mark eleven twenty two through 24 sometime if you want to see that idea. But now when I'm talking about faith that works... Right, because that's really what we want to get to, you know, faith that works, faith that produces. I'm talking about faith that makes God's will a reality in your life. Let me say that again. The type of faith that works, which we are discussing today, is the faith that makes God's will a reality in your life. 
You know, the reality we want for our lives is God's will. Now, maybe you're not there yet or you haven't made that decision for your life, but trust me, that's where you want to get to. God's will for our lives is, in fact, our best possible lives. God's will for your life is the highest expression of you, your gifts, and your potential. God's will for your life includes salvation through Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3, 9. God's will for your life is becoming like Christ. That's Romans 8, 29. That's maturing. That's developing your spirituality, developing your relationship with God, developing your character and your love walk. And God's will for your life is also doing certain good works God has planned for you, which is the maximum eternal impact you could have with your life. See Ephesians 2.10. Obviously, all of this about God's will could be another subject in and of itself, but to keep it simple, we should all want God's will. And we learn God's will for our lives from both God's written word, that you can see that in Psalms 119.105, and God's direct words to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's one reason why hearing from God is so important. We will never know God's will for our lives if we can't hear him. The Bible tells us, especially in Mark 11 and Hebrews 11, that faith is the key to seeing God's will for our lives. So we must understand faith and how to use it. So just brief God has a wonderful plan for our lives, including our salvation, including our spiritual maturity, including all these good works, and it's all wonderful. Don't let people tell you otherwise. God knows you, God's created you, and God's created a plan for your life, and it is your best possible life. But faith is the key to getting it, to seeing it in your life. As Bill, Pastor Bill Winston says, we're going to talk about him later, as he says, faith is the holder of your destiny. Again, we must understand faith and how to use it. Faith comes when we hear God's word. That's Romans ten seventeen. You heard that God wants you to accept Jesus, that God's will for your life was salvation through Christ. You heard the gospel. You've never seen Jesus. You've never seen God, but you chose to believe and you got saved. You believe that you are now saved and you have faith in Jesus and your salvation. That's how you got saved. You heard the word of God, you believed, and now it's done. And basically everything else works the same way. Most Christians agree that God wants everyone to be saved. You know, 2 Peter 3.9 teaches us that. But that seems to be about all that most Christians agree on with respect to everything else. You know, God wants you to have money. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to have whatever. Christians seem to be about divided 50-50. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about what other people think or believe. Look, if you want to agree with me and the things that I teach, great. If not, that's okay too. But get in God's word and learn God's will for yourself. That's what I did. That's what you should do too. It's true. I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing my parents talk about the things of God all the time. But I've got this for myself now. I know the word of God for myself. I know the will of God for myself because I've read it in the word and I've chosen to believe. That's what you need to do too. You see, and as you spend time with God and his word, you will learn 
his will for your life. You will learn what he wants for your family life, your financial life, your spiritual life, your physical life, and every other aspect of your life. And great news, what God wants for your family life is your best possible family life. What God wants for your physical life is your best possible physical life, so on and so forth. Again, you don't have to take my word for it. Study the Bible for yourself and you'll see. And as you consider God's word and his will for your life, just remember, because most Christians either don't understand this or they forget it. You are not an Israelite living under the Old Testament anymore. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. All of your sins have been forgiven. You are completely under God's grace. You are perfect in the eyes of God. See 1 Corinthians 6.11, Hebrews 10.14 as examples. All of God's curses have been removed from your life. That's Galatians 3.13. And all of God's blessings are now yours. That's Ephesians 1.3. So you read the Bible and you hear from God and you discover his good and wonderful will for your life. Now here is where faith comes in. You have faith for your salvation. Now it's time to have faith for every other area of your life. You had faith to receive God's will for your salvation. Now it's time to have faith to receive God's will for every other area of your life. When you read a Bible verse and you want what it says, it's time to put your faith to work. For example, 1 Peter 2.24 says, By Jesus' stripes you were healed. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. So what do you do with that? How do you use your faith for those verses to see those verses show up in your life? You know, many people think these verses will just happen automatically in your life if God wants them for you, but he might not want them for you. You know, maybe it's God's will for you personally to be sick or broke, but where did that crazy idea come from? He wants these amazing verses, these amazing promises for all of his children. People just look at the world around us and they say, oh, well, there's some, you know, impoverished people or some sick people. It must be God's will for them to be sick or broke. But that's not true. That's not it's not God's will for me to be healthy and somebody else to be sick. No, that's that's blasphemy. That's heresy. No, God wants all of his children to have all of his blessings, all of his promises. God is no respecter of persons. All of his promises are equally available to everyone, but they are not automatic. Again, we got to learn to use our faith. But still another group of people, and we just mentioned this, think these verses God's promises will happen for you if you earn them. If you are well behaved enough, then you will see God's blessings. And I'm, you know, that concept, you know, look, it seems right because we, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. We grow up, we learning that, you know, certain behaviors are expected in school. Certain behaviors are expected at home. When we behave certain way, there are rewards. When we behave in the opposite way, there are punishments. Yes, this is how the world works, but it's not, crazy enough, how God works. And it is not how God works with Christians. You didn't earn your salvation and you aren't going to earn anything else from God. Please read Romans 4 carefully. 
There is no system of labor and wages in God's family. All of God's gifts and promises are freely given by his grace to his children. So all of God's amazing promises are gifts of grace. You can't earn them and God doesn't just pick and choose who gets them. So how do you get them? How do you start seeing them in your life? If God really wants them for you, where are they? The answer is faith. They must be obtained by your faith. The master formula of the Bible is by grace through faith. Romans 4.16, Romans 5.2, and Ephesians 2.8. The grace part is done. If you are in Christ, you are completely in God's grace, but your job is faith. That's right. Your part of the formula, your part of the equation is faith. Grace plus faith equals the promises showing up in your life, and your part is faith. God has given you this faith. That's Romans 12, 3. But you have to use it. And if you don't use your faith in a particular area of your life, you are not going to see God's will in that area. James 1, 5 through 8, and 11, Hebrews eleven six. And look, I don't mean that to be harsh. I'm trying to teach you how it works. So just again, to recap before we move on, you can know God's will for your life by reading the Bible and listening to him. He wants you to know his will more than you do. And when you know his will for an area of your life, it's time to use your faith. God's will for your life is not automatic and he doesn't just pick and choose who receives which aspects of his will. To see God's will in your life, you must use your faith. So now how do we use our faith to see God's will for finances? Just for example, remember 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Faith is perfect belief and faith comes by hearing God's word. So now you've heard God's word on your finances now it's time to have perfect belief in that word. And maybe today you're broke and you have exactly zero in your account. That's okay. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters where you're going. It's time to believe that in fact, so it's time to believe the word of God. In fact, regardless of what my bank account says, God makes all grace abound towards me and I always have all sufficiency in all things and I abound to every good work. You see what I did there? I made God's promise into a statement of personal present reality. To put that another way, whenever you see a biblical promise you want, make it into a statement of your present reality. Perhaps you are going through a physical problem and you read that 1 Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. So now you make that promise into your present tense statement. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I am healed now. Your believing and confessing God's promise starts the process of his promise becoming your reality. You see, when you read it in the Bible, it's not your physical reality yet, but you've heard the word of God and now you're gonna mix your faith with it and you're gonna see the word of God become your physical reality. My friends, I know that that sounds crazy. 
that it makes no sense, that it sounds like weird, wishful thinking or some, you know, whatever, fake practice. But my friends, this is just how it works. Please carefully study Mark 11 and Hebrews 11, both of which I've discussed at length in other podcasts about faith, if you want to listen to those. In short, you make your request to God based on his word. You command the mountain of your debt, of your headache, of your whatever problem to move in the name of Jesus. You pray and you make your declarations and then you believe that it's done. You have perfect faith that it's done. It's done now. It's done now. I have perfect faith in God's word. I have perfect faith in God's promises. I may not be able to see their reality with my eyes, but I know that they're done. And I walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. To put it another way, I govern my life according to my perfect belief in God's word, not according to what I can see in the natural realm. So now you've prayed and you make your declarations according to God's word, which is also according to God's will. You are trying to have perfect faith without any doubt because doubt blocks the process. Now you could just search the word doubt through the Bible, search the word unbelief. You know, you'll see that those, uh, Jesus actually says this specifically in Mark 11, Doubt blocks the process of God's word becoming your reality. So you're trying to have perfect faith, but you don't see it in the natural realm. Your head still hurts. Your bank account is still empty. You see, this is just part of the process we have to understand. When you first establish your faith in God's word for something, it's like you have planted a seed and this seed is going to grow up and produce. Please study Mark 4 about this. Very important. The seed of God's word, when you mix it with faith and plant it in the soil of your heart. I'm just going to say that again. Look, I know I hear it. It sounds crazy, but please study Mark 4. This is God's plan. This is God's idea. In fact, this is God's mechanism so that you can have every single one of his promises and nothing will stand in the way. You take the seed of God's word, mix it with your faith and plant this in your heart. It will produce money. The seed of God with your faith will produce healing. The seed of God with your faith will produce restoration in your relationships. The seed of God with faith already produced your salvation and the exact same process will produce the rest of God's will for your life. The seed of God's word is literally going to grow from the spiritual unseen realm and it's going to then produce in the natural physical realm. It will produce the money, the healing, the job, the relationships and every other aspect of God's will for your life in the natural physical realm. Just like any crop needs time to go to grow so does this one. Again, Mark 4, Jesus mentions this. You need to treat this process like a farmer. You've got your seed, which is the word of God. You want to water it with worship, thanksgiving, and confessing your key Bible verse out loud in the present tense. 
God supplies all my needs. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. Whatever your verse happens to be for your situation. Great is the peace of my children. That's another one I really like. You stand in perfect faith that it's already done, even though you can't see it. I'm just reminded of a situation I had with my daughter. She was having a very hard day. I took authority over that situation. I took authority over the negative spirits afflicting her. I prayed, you know, that, that by God's Holy Spirit, he would bring restoration and, and, you know, healing in that relationship. But I remembered, thank God, by the Holy Spirit, that I need to give it some time. Give it a little while. We were walking into Publix. I just prayed boldly in the parking lot. I didn't care who heard. You know how it is with your kids sometimes. And the Lord reminded me, now give it a few minutes, buddy. You just planted the seed. Give it a few minutes. She didn't say anything. She's only 10. I didn't say anything. We went in, went into Publix. And by the time we got home, maybe half an hour later, man, that thing had broke in the spiritual realm. And I already began seeing the manifestation of my prayer. Maybe that'll help you. You pray. You use your authority in the name of Jesus over unclean spirits, over negative situations. You ask God for his help, especially by the Holy Spirit. You plant that word in your heart. Great is the peace of my children. Now I'm going to stand in perfect faith that it's done. Even when the kid's acting crazy. No, it's done. And I'm patiently waiting. Remember, the Bible says, though it tarry, wait for it. And don't let any doubt or unbelief come and steal the seed or your harvest. You know, Jesus talks about that, right? Things are going to happen. Your kid acts crazy again. You get a call from another creditor. You get another email from the doctor. You know, these things come in. They try to destroy your faith. They try to weaken your faith. They try to move you off the place of faith. But remember, it takes time to supernaturally change the natural realm from what it is to God's will for your life. The word of God takes a moment to, to change the natural circumstances. And yes, I fully understand that in Jesus's life and ministry, for the most part, his miracles were instantaneous. And yeah, maybe that's the way. It should be for us too, but Jesus did help us understand. And the, the miracle with the fig tree, uh, which also shows up in Mark 11, Jesus helped us understood that sometimes there is a period of time. So we need to wait, and by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That's Hebrews 6.12. Now, if you feel fearful or anxious about the matter, then you aren't in doubtless or perfect faith. I'm not getting down on you. and I totally understand that can be difficult, especially in a dire physical or financial situation. That fear and anxiety is the devil and unbelief trying to steal your harvest. You should worship, praise, thank God, and confess your verse until you really feel peace about the situation. A nice peace in your mind and heart about the matter is the best and true indication you are in biblical faith. Please study Hebrews 3.17 through Hebrews 4 about this issue. The relationship between peace and faith and how peace is the best indication of faith is very important. 
Now, when you are trying, but you know you don't have perfect belief or biblical faith about something, you're actually experiencing a conflict between belief and unbelief. We see this concept in both Matthew 17 and Mark 9, 24. We want to believe, but opposing forces, which are usually contrary natural circumstances, are causing unbelief to war against our faith. I'm trying to believe I'm healed, but my head hurts. I'm trying to believe God's provided for me financially, but the creditor keeps calling. Look, while I mentioned prayer, thanksgiving, worship, praise, and confession a moment ago, those things help increase our faith. But Jesus said in Matthew 17, 21, that prayer and fasting deal with unbelief. So you should do those as well. Remember, especially hearing God's word, that pushes faith up. Prayer and fasting pushes unbelief down. That's the key. That's the process you want to think about. And look, I get it. Maybe this sounds like a lot to do or think about, but if you are ever in the midst of a very difficult situation, like a terminal diagnosis or a financial crisis, you will want to know what to do. And in such situation, it can be very tough to have perfect belief in God's word without engaging in these other practices to bolster your faith and drive out unbelief. I tell you, I've been you know, using my faith for many years now, 18, 19, 20 years, something like that. And I've been through it all. And it can be tough to keep your mind in faith, to keep your heart and your mind fixed on the word of God, no matter what happens. And these practices, prayer, fasting, worship, I mean, worship's a big one, right? Uh, you know, praise, going ahead, thanking God that it's done. These help keep you in doubtless perfect faith. Now, the last part of your faith journey is listening for any specific instructions from God. And this is really a very helpful point, very important catch-all, because if you happen to miss anything that's really maybe more of a nuanced issue or something specific for your given situation, perhaps, being tuned into God and listening and hearing God's specific instructions is going to help you every single time. It's going to, you know, it's going to make sure that you do whatever you need to do. When a person is believing God for the supernatural, God will often give that person something to do. Usually, the instruction won't make any sense to the natural mind. I mean, think about the Israelites marching around Jericho or Gideon fighting with only a small army. You know, this is one of the great lessons from the Bible. You must do whatever God tells you to do, even if it makes no sense. When believing for the supernatural, you must stay tuned in to God to listen for any of these directions. As Mary told the servants at the wedding where Jesus turned water into wine, Whatever he says to you, do it. That's John 2, 5. To wrap up our discussion today, I'm now going to mention something we might call fire off around. Now, this is certainly a more nuanced and specific aspect of the faith discussion, but I feel like God wants me to include it. Typically, the phrase fire off around describes shooting one bullet from a gun. But I recently heard Pastor Bill Winston casually mention it when discussing faith. Let me explain, as I've found this to be a very, very helpful exercise in my own life. I've just never had a name for it before. When you want to see God's will established in your life, as we've said, you must use your faith. Your jobs are to fight the good fight of faith, that's 1 Timothy 6.12, 
and to labor to enter into a faith rest about the situation. That's Hebrews 11, 4. I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, 11. God, God's job is supplying the supernatural power to perform the miracle or bring his word to pass. And it's good to remember this division of labor. Excuse me, labor. You can't do God's will. I'm sorry. You can't do God's job and God won't do yours. But when you stand in faith for God's will, then God will do his part to supply the power so that it comes to pass. And he will do it every single time. If you do your job, God will do his. So let's say that you've done all of this and you've entered into doubtless, perfect, biblical faith for something, perhaps a healing miracle. But as the days go on and you haven't seen your answer in the natural realm yet, you sense your faith waning or you feel fears or anxiety creeping in. And you can always do what you did before to get back into faith. But before it becomes a real struggle, before that unbelief really gains traction in your mind, at the very first moment you feel the slightest fear or anxiety or even the first negative thought, fire off around. To fire off around in this context means to boldly, aggressively, and quickly, and for me loudly, confess your key Bible verse or verses. The bullet is God's promise and you fire it by speaking it out in faith. And let me just say, this is very similar to and really agrees with the idea of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You have a negative thought. You have a fear. You have an anxiety. You have a worry. Boom, you take it captive in the name of Jesus and you speak out the word of God to come against that thing. That's firing off around. Now I'm going to give you a quick example. In general, I'm in biblical faith for my financial life. And just so you know, I'm a self-employed real estate lawyer. The other day, as I was considering all the bills this time of year and my current workload, I felt fear rising for my finances. And you would think after all these years and all the financial miracles I've seen that I wouldn't go this through this anymore, but hey, I'm still a work in progress. Anyway, I took a minute and I basically yelled my financial promises. God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. The blessing of the Lord constantly makes me richer. That's Proverbs 10.22. And we know from Ephesians 1 that all the blessings are ours. God makes all grace abound towards me. And I always have all sufficiency in all things. And I abound to every good work. 2 Corinthians 9.8. I am enriched in everything to all bountifulness. 2 Corinthians 9.11. You know, and look, maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, Byron just wants to be rich or Byron's just trying to do this. Look, I, I mean, obviously we're not going to get down that road today. These are the financial promises that God wants for your life. And please, he wants them for all of us, not just me. And please listen to my discussion on money from a couple of podcast episodes ago. But these are my promises from the word of God that show me what God's will is for my financial life. And the other day, when I started feeling fear and anxiety about my financial situation, this is how I fired off around. I took my promises and I boldly yelled those promises. 
And, you know, and it's amazing what this exercise did for me. It immediately reset my mind towards the promises of God. It immediately repelled the negative thoughts and feelings come against me. It immediately raised my faith back up to where it needs to be. Remember, faith comes by hearing God's word. Romans 10, 17, what I'm doing is a biblical promise or excuse me, process and immediately got me back to that peaceful feeling with no Fear or anxiety. You know, this is what it means to fire off around. You've done the work. You studied the word. You know God's will. You've confessed the word and prayed. And now you're standing in faith. But you haven't seen the physical manifestation of God's word just yet. And you sense fear or anxiety over the matter. So you remind yourself, God, the devil, and anything else that can hear you, what you really believe. You quickly and boldly declare God's word and you set yourself back into perfect belief with a faith that's far above any contrary circumstance or any unbelief attacking you. Just try this. Yell God's promises at the mountains in your life, whether you're just starting out or whether you're, you've been fighting the good fight of faith and you're having a difficult moment. You give this a shot. You try it boldly. Tell these pro, uh, these situations, these mountains, you boldly tell them what you really believe. That's the word of God. You'll sense your faith rising. You'll sense the peace. Even though you still can't see God's promises in the natural realm, you'll know it's done. And that's where you want to get to. You keep yourself in this peace by praying, fasting, and firing off around every time it's needed. You know, my friends, four times the Bible tells us that we are to live by faith. But what does that mean? Most people think that it simply means we let our faith in Christ guide every aspect of our lives. That's not a bad explanation. I agree with that idea entirely, but there's more to it. We don't just let our faith form our mental framework and worldview. Our faith is the tool we have to see God's will become our reality. We live by faith to see God's best in every area of our lives. God's word is filled with many promises. Some say thousands of promises. God has provided a great life for each of us, filled with blessings, provision, health, good relationships, and so much more. But the devil, his unclean spirits, and this fallen world are all at war against God's will for our lives. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world in every over opposing spiritual force. That's First John 5, 4. Spend some time praying about your life. Where do you think you're seeing God's promises? Where do you know that some aspect of your life doesn't line up with God's word? You know, start there. Find some of his promises. Meditate them. Pray over them. And then boldly confess that they are yours now. They are your reality now. Remember, all of God's promises belong to you, but you must use faith to receive them. Again, 2 Corinthians 1.20, Hebrews 6.12. Most of the time, after you pray for them and confess them, they won't appear instantly in your life. But stay in perfect, patient faith. Whenever you need to, whenever you feel any fear, anxiety, fire, fighting against you, then fire off around from God's word. And as you protect your faith, the seed of God's word will go straight out of your heart and into your physical life. Do this for every area of your life and you will see God's will, which is God's best in every area. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to me. I pray this blesses you. Please share this. 
Send it to people, especially if anybody going through a difficult time or trying to understand how to start walking by faith or using faith in a particular area of their life. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to let me know. Always happy to talk to you, pray with you, uh, and really just fellowship with you. you know, God bless you, and we'll talk again soon.